gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. I'm here with Melissa and we are going to talk everything Chivas Feminine. Melissa, how are you? I mean, I'm pretty confused. I thought that Chivas were going to be dead this season <laughs> and they are in third place. So, I mean, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> is this the, this is the halfway point, right? We're officially at the half? Eight games played? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Eight games played and Chivas is in third, one point behind first, and tied with the Eagles, but they're ahead because of a uh, goal difference. But Chivas have scored more goals, so that's also <laughs> like a, a really weird thing. Like I, I was telling Amy, I mean, as much faith as I have in this team, if you had told me like to bet on Chivas having more goals than Tigres, I would not have put any money on that. So Yeah, well that that's what I was gonna bring up today, Melissa. Um, you know, we did our our um, season expectation episode earlier in the season and we had them penciled in what like fifth through seventh maybe i think i think we capped them at fourth i think so far they're exceeding yep. uh, expectations yeah i mean i know that like it, there's going to be like a lot made about how they got like a, an easy first half of the season but when you see at the results i mean there are teams like mazatlan or or Leon or anything that they're, that they're trying to get like results from the bigger teams. So I mean I think that that it's like a credit to Chivas because they have been able to be like effective in, in winning the matches that they're supposed to win. So I mean even though they haven't faced Tigres, Rayadas or or, or or any of those teams, I think they're doing a great job. I mean they're being efficient. So that's what you want to see. Like you want them to to win convincingly in the, in the matches they're supposed to. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's been great so far, and they're doing a good job. I mean, they're keeping up the pace, and, and also things are getting, like, really competitive. Like, the difference between first and fourth place is just one point. Yep, definitely. It's a tight race at the top. And then you bring up Chivas beating people they're supposed to beat. Like, um, just this past weekend, you know, Mazatlan had that. They almost pulled the upset against Atlas. Atlas ties it in the second half, so... And, and Mazatlan's a team that... um. Chivas beat so it's not like it's not like Chivas' schedule has been like easy per se you know other teams are having trouble beating these teams and Chivas has gotten past them already yeah I think that's also going to be kind of like a confidence booster because like you're also seeing like the other teams and you're seeing okay so I was able to beat Mazatlan and Mazatlan were putting up a fight against Atlas that kind of gives you like the belief of okay this was I, I think I, I passed that tougher test than people are making it out to be so yeah I mean I think that overall it's been like great, great results like they, they are currently second in offensive and third in defense so I mean they're both both the, the attack and the defense are, are working really well right now it isn't like one of them is working better than the other so I think that's also great that the team is so balanced right now yep definitely um, let's jump into we missed two games, I think. No, we missed one Chivas game last since the last time we recorded. Uh, Chivas beat Necaxa Femenil 2-0 in a match where uh, Alicia Cervantes had a goal and Isabella Gutierrez, who I still say is the revelation of the season for us, um, she scored a goal as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, Isabella just keeps becoming like that really key piece for the team. And she's like the energy and the... And what she has been able to build with with Lich and with Jocelyn is like really impressive because she's just 16 
almost 17. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, that the match kind of like showcased how the team's going to be on attack. And even though Caro Jaramillo wasn't there, like the difference wasn't like noticeable. It wasn't like something that weighted on the team. So you also want to see that, like if there's an absence that it's not going to to have a negative impact on the team. And like same with, with Celeste covering up for Blanca, like she's been doing a great job. And I think that that speaks to like the level and the competition that there's happening there internally. Yeah, definitely. Um, Espino had a like a relatively easy game. Her last game um, starting for Chivas and Blanca was due to come back from COVID. Like you said, Caro Jaramillo wasn't there. That was her second game of her suspension, right? Yeah, she was due to, to cover her suspension like right before FIFA break. Right, yeah, okay. Because um, it threw me off when she didn't start against Leon, but then they said that. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that in a few, but... Yeah, she was beating Nakaxa. Um, I was. We were talking before we started recording that I went back to try to kind of look at through the highlights and try to find like one play that Nakaxa created, but all the compilations had nothing to show for for Nakaxa. Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel bad for them because they're one of the teams that has consistently been struggling because they haven't really gotten like as much investment as they should, and and just like there isn't like that commitment from front office on, on their club. So sadly, they're like considered one of the like two win matches because they're one of the weakest teams so I mean I'm, I'm glad that Chivas were able to pull like a nice clean sheet win and of course like not getting any injuries which is also always important yeah definitely okay so uh yeah Chivas beating the Gaxa I think we can move on to the FIFA break that was um Mexico played two friendlies against Costa Rica. One of them was at El Azteca, which was pretty cool. Um, I know there's a lot of like uh, history behind that, Melissa. I know I don't really know most of it. I know you can definitely go into detail about it. Yeah, I mean the change and like the removal of Christopher Cuellar as national team coach was like something that a lot of fans wanted. I mean, pretty much everyone, but we weren't sure about like what was going to happen because. Once Monica Vergara took took charge of the team, it was also like on the federation to see what what the federation was going to do if they were going to to back up the the national team, and they really did. Like they did come through, and so they set up like a couple of friendlies against Costa Rica, one of them at the Azteca, and like 14 years had passed since the last time that the women's senior national team played there. So it was like a really special moment. I think that it made a lot of us fans like really emotional and yeah, of course there's a lot of things that need to be sorted out regarding the support for the women's national team. But it also, I think kind of signaled this new commitment that the Federation has with them. And hopefully we'll keep seeing more of that because they really need to, to be doing these kinds of things to, to stay competitive. And yeah, I mean, there, there was like a training camp before the FIFA break so we kind of had an idea of who was going to get called up and like luckily some of some Chivas players had been called up to the to the first camp um it was Miriam Garcia, Caro and and Licha and then like for the actual matches um, only Licha got called so I mean Miriam Garcia probably didn't go because she was like carrying a a hip injury so Mm -hmm. I mean I think this also was the right call like yeah there was no point in trying to to push her or, or have her travel if there was no need to. So, 
Yeah, and, and I mean, regarding Caro, there was like a lot of like negative attention because of the suspension she had gotten. So I think that she probably must have spoken with Monica Vergara. I don't think necessarily this means that she's like blacklisted or whatever. I mean, she's probably just going to take it as a as a learning moment. And yeah, I mean, I think that it was also like the the right call. Like, I think that having her would have brought like a lot of negative attention to the national team, and like you didn't really want that like spoiling the party. So, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe even Caro asked like to be to not be considered. I mean, we we don't know what happened there. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad that that Caro missed that. But I mean, it's also like unexpected consequence of what she did and like hopefully she's just like learned her lesson and, and like we can all move on from that yeah it was it was pretty cool to watch um i know in the states it was actually televised on um through the na so like nationally you could watch it if you wanted to which is pretty cool you know it's nice to see that the women's league and the national team now are getting more actual more television coverage as opposed to having to find streams but um, and then we go to the second game though that wasn't televised in Mexico or the USA, and uh, we had to go through Facebook to watch that. Yeah, that was like an like an uproar, and I think that also it kind of signaled like not just like the shift from the federation, but also like the shift in the fan base because everybody was like asking and asking and asking, are we going to get a broadcast of this? Because you know usually matches at the at the car at the high performance center they are not like broadcast you don't even get video most of the time so i think that probably they probably did good numbers and also like the response from fans in social media must have pressured the the federation a little bit and yeah at first they said that that they were going to to have it and then we missed like the, what the first 25 minutes of the around there, of the yeah. match yeah and like fans were like completely going nuts <laughs> on my timeline about it so I think that that increased attention and, and care from fans is also like helping like the federation realize what they need to do because you can also see like the shift in how they have been presenting the national team in social media like they, they're giving it more attention and, and that's really, really like a, an encouraging sign and and yeah I mean I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to see that game because Licha got the start, and that was also like really nice to see. I mean, Licha is is 27. She's a player who has no previous or or youth um, national team experience. She's basically like a, a league developed player. So the fact that she was able to to get her first start and her debut with the national team, like a, a relatively older age, I think that it's it's really nice to see, and it's really deserved for her. And and just that Monica was able to give her like so many minutes because she she got some minutes at the Azteca and then she got like seventy minutes I think on the second match. Like even though she didn't score, like I think that also kind of is like the like this confidence that, that Monica has on her. And I know that, that Licha got some criticism because, you know, fans were saying, Oh, she didn't score, I mean she isn't all that good or she's not at the level for national team but I mean the thing that people like overlook is that a lot of the other players they have been together at the national team for years. So, I mean, obviously you cannot expect someone who doesn't have the experience. And she wasn't playing with any of her teammates at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that expecting her to deliver a hat trick on her first match was a bit too much. And 
like I'm that's why also I'm really happy about the performance her performance against Leon which we'll get to in a little bit because I think that it was also kind of her like taking that that cheap of her show older <laughs> like saying oh you think I'm not good enough well now you're going to see why I got caught so yeah I mean I think that overall like the the ripple effect of the of these changes in the national team they, they're obviously like showing off uh, for Chivas and I think that for the whole league I mean I think that players are really motivated mm, like both the players here in, in the league domestically and players who are abroad so yeah hopefully this keeps bringing like good things for everyone yeah definitely um just to like talk about the games from like my point of view I know we talked all we talk offline and um I, I, I thought it was kind of fun to root for uh, Kati and uh, Stephanie Mayor and Maria Sanchez, like players that I don't particularly root for during the season. But, you know, once, once they put on <laughs> Alison Gonzalez, too, yeah, I was like, she's really, really good. Like, I can fully appreciate it now without, like, having that little uh, the little Chivas grudge. Like, uh, why can't they do this? Like, why can't they not be good against Chivas? Something like that. But uh, it, was, it was kind of cool. And then, like, since I've been watching more feminine games, like I, I actually know who some of the players were. Um, as far as Licha, Licha's performance in the first game, she was um, she was subbed in once. The team kind of like lost rhythm be- just because there is so many change. You can only make so many changes before a, t- a team loses like a sense of uh, play or direction. And then for the second game, I thought she had a I thought she had a really good game. Like. Um, I do think it was Mexico's uh, quote-unquote B team, right? The one that started against Costa Rica in the second game? Yeah, and like even more than saying second-string team, I think that it was more like players who didn't have as much experience. So I guess that's also why they kind of looked a bit like yeah. disjointed. And like, yeah, it was so weird to see like Alison crossing to Licha. <laughs> like... Like it's 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 kind of weird, but like in a good way to see, and and it it was, it was like a really fun experience watching those games. Yeah, I, I thought Lucha created most of the offensive opportunities Mexico had in that second game, and then I made the mistake of leaving the Facebook comments on, and as soon as Lucha was subbed off, it was just like, why was she here? What did she do? She didn't do anything. And I was just like screaming at my tv like what are you talking like did you not watch the same game that i just watched like and like you said she came out she came out against leon and kind of shut up all the all the critics that she got during that game yeah it's it's been fun to see like that progression <laughs> and i was actually kind of like also reflecting on that uh, for a piece that i wrote for food mix nation that should be out this week and like the thing is that licha has become more than scoring goals like she already had those flashes of play without the ball and creating chances for others but like this season those got brought out like way more to the front so I think that and I I tweeted about it on my personal account like measuring Licha just in the goals that she scores is completely unfair and it's also misunderstanding completely what she can bring to the table yeah definitely when you know I bring up our uh, preseason episode again you know we talked about Licha and we said this season might be a season where she has to be more of a facilitator than a scorer and she's doing both you know she's scoring and facilitating for for her teammates i think as a player she's grown in so little time and she's ran through the uh the chivas goal scoring record i think it's safe to say we can expect her to break it 
in our next game against Tijuana. Yeah, I mean, and and also like her whole story is like really great. Like we mentioned it before. Like she's a player that really did everything she could to to get to Chivas, and and then she chose to stay, like despite all the internet problems and everything that happened. And it's good that she's going to get like that reward of being like the club that she loves, the, the top scorer. So, I mean, I think that it's it's great to see. I think that her motivation is there, and also like that chemistry with her teammates, like the way that that Isabella and Caro and Jocelyn have surrounded her this season. I think that it's been complementing her game really well, and I think that they've found like all the their pace together. Yeah, um, I guess we'll talk about it more as we get into the. We can just jump right into the Leon game then. Um, Chivas basically steamrolled past Leon in a five-one win, which to me was a little surprising, just because I had watched a couple like random Leon games where they were they they put up fights, so I didn't think Chivas was gonna just obliterate them five-one. Yeah, I mean, Leon, they're a team that can put up, like, a really big fight, but they're also kind of hit and miss. Like, you don't know what you're going to get with Leon. So, I mean, I, I was expecting Chivas to win, but, like, a 5-1 win was certainly not what I envisioned for this. And, yeah, I mean, it's also kind of like a another good confidence booster because you're thinking, okay, we're coming in after a two-week break. Not everyone was training together, so you may might be a little bit of freedom, and maybe you're not going to to score as much, and it's going to be maybe a tight result. But being able to pull off like such a convincing win after a two week break, it's also like really impressive in its own right. Like re- regardless of which team you are facing. Yeah, definitely. Like um, before the game, Leo and I, I saw, I looked at the results, and I saw you know they put up a fight against Atlas. They lost only two one. They tied with America 1-1. So, you know, like you said, coming into the game, you don't know what you can get from Leon, but um, I'm glad Chivas came out swinging. And I will say at the beginning of the game, it kind of felt like one of those Chivas games where they were creating all these opportunities but not finishing them. And that usually ends up biting them. But um, this time around, it, it did not. Yeah, it took Klitscha, like, what, like three t- tries to, to get a goal. And, and yeah, I mean, like I said, it was expected to see some rust for the there was also like that worry that you mentioned that okay if they don't convert right now like what's going to happen later but they were really able to to get past that and in, and I think that it was great I mean I think overall it was a a good display of, of everything good that Chivas has to offer and there's also like uh, Susan Bejarano returned so she I think that she brought like a better balance to the meet that was lacking because you know, there was no Caro and, and she wasn't available as well. So, I mean, even though Caro didn't play, um, at first we were wondering what that was about. I mean, my first thought was maybe maybe she had gotten like an extra suspension match like internally from the team because that's something that we've been seeing from the club, like regardless of what the what the league uh, gives in terms of sanctions. Like I think that the, the, the club has been like sticking to their own like moral code of of you know disproving of, of any wrong actions by players so my first thought was that like okay so maybe she got like an extra suspension match but then what they said was that she had a, an ankle injury but that she's expected to be back for the next match so yeah I mean and she also posted like a picture with Yashira who has also been injured and they said that they were ready so hopefully we'll, we'll get both of them back soon 
But yeah, I mean, I think that overall, like, um, the return of Susan kind of helped that meet. And yeah, just like Licha and Jocelyn and Isabella are like completely on fire right now. My only worry is, is Annette Vasquez. I think that she's been too inconsistent and like at times you don't even know she's there because she's not doing much at all. And I mean, I don't know what's happening with her. I feel like she's kind of like on a different um like on a different wavelength than the rest of, of her teammates. So you kind of see her like she's not fully committed to, to making those return runs to, to defend and she's kind of like hesitant to go forward on attack. So hopefully she she'll find like a footing again with the team. Yeah, we were talking during that game and at one point I think like twenty five minutes into the game I was like I was like, oh, and I, I just realized, in my head, I was like, oh, wow, I just realized Annette isn't playing. So I go pull up the tweet with the Chivas lineup, and it says Annette is playing. And I'm, like, trying to find her. I'm like, I'm like, wow, she really has to step up because, like, I didn't even notice she was on the pitch. And, you know, 25 minutes into the game, and I haven't, haven't heard your name or seen you make a play yet. You got, she has to find a way to, I guess, contribute more to the team either offensively or defensively like it doesn't matter like as long as she's playing her role and doing whatever it takes to help the team win um we did see her get a goal at the end and you know we're talking also and i think licha did it on purpose um you know she gifted annette a goal because she knows it can be a big confidence booster and it could be better for the team annette get a goal than licha get her fourth goal yeah i mean her psychologist is really turning her into <laughs> like a really sane and like a really good and decent person. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that that if that like on purpose, I think that was like really smart and and that also kind of like signals all these like deeper changes in the team. Like I had heard like some rumors and people saying, oh, like it looks like Licha doesn't get along well with Annette. It seems like she's she's ignoring her. And then this happens, and, like, I don't know if they caught wind of those rumors or, or what's happening there. <laughs> but, like, even Chore mentioned it. Like, that's the camaraderie this team has right now, and that's, like, a really powerful message. Like, and and it's also, like, consistent with what Licha has always been saying. Like, she said, I don't care about Golden Boot. Like, I want to, to win a title with this team. Like, I want to do, like, put the team first, and then, like, if I get my own personal goals, it's, it's okay. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, like Annette can can find like her group or her place on the field. But it also, I think that it's like more evident because of the insane level that the rest of the of the players on attack are, are are doing right now. I mean, they're so good that it kind of like makes it makes it look more <laughs> that she's lost. But yeah, I mean, hopefully she can find like a way or or to get in and because like the team could really use her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I just mentioned that I think Licha did it on purpose because on her first goal, it was almost like the same exact play. She could have um, passed the ball instead of shooting, but on that in that instance, she just took the shot and got and got her first goal. So I think there was a little more to it for that last goal. Um, so you know, it's good to see that the team that she she's definitely a team first person and that I have to get my goals. Yeah, and I think that. We're also seeing that from Montoya. Like, Montoya would sometimes, mm-hmm. like, not pass when she had to. And I think that she's also, like, developing that that maturity, too. And, 
I mean, yeah, it's overall just like really great to see that, like that chemistry and that like will to put the team first, like from everyone, like from defense to 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 the attack. So, yeah, I think that that speaks to the to the great mental form like the team is showing and and I don't know. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I don't I don't want to get my hopes <laughs> up too much, but it seems like all the issues they they could have had. Like during the off season and during the past season, seems like they're all in the past now. So, I mean, I I really hope that they've been able to to solve whatever differences they have um, between themselves or or with front office because we also saw like the resurfacing of Nelly Simon there. <laughs> so I mean, I, it seems like everybody has found like their balance, and now Chore has an an interesting like choice to make because. Where does Caro Jaramillo fit in this team now that she's going to be back? Yeah, it's it's um, but it's a good problem to have for Shorty, especially like you said, after the fallout of last season, and even like we were talking about it today on Twitter on the timeline. Um, I know Luis quoted the the former Chivas prospering thread. I put up a Maria Sanchez goal she scored last night, and he said, you know, it hurts more watching the feminine ex players prosper than it does the men. Just because they had something special. And I was like, he hasn't really been watching the Feminine this season. But I've been telling him, you know, the team is still doing things right. And then um, even Osvaldo jumped into the conversation. But as a whole, the team looks it looks better. You know, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. I said last season it was Atlas kind of laid the blueprint out for how to beat Chivas. And then I feel like other teams just took it and applied it. It was basically cancel out Maria Sanchez. And then, you know, that canceled out basically like 85% of our offense like we didn't know how to create from other points on the field but now this season you know we have Montoya creating we have Isabella Gutierrez creating we're scoring on set pieces you know we're not dependent on the link up play between two players to kind of beat defenses that you know we had trouble breaking down last season yeah I mean I think that the departures might end up being like this blessing in these guys like they've really um shown like Chore, what what could he do tactically to adjust? And they're also like setting the players up in a in a spot where they have to develop these new facets to their game. So, I mean, I I think that Maria is a fantastic player. I mean, there's no questioning her quality. But now, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I mean, I'm thinking like, how good of a fit was she with Chivas? Like, the 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 game that Chivas had last season was spectacular, and we had like these big blowout wins. Mm-hmm. But overall, I feel like she would have been more of a weight on the team, not just because of the salary thing, but because Chivas didn't have like a a heavy roster like Tigres has, where there are more players that that rival defenses have to mark. So she's surrounded with Katy and with Mayor and now potentially with Ovalle, and like all those players are are pulling off defenders of her. So. I mean, I think in Chivas it was like really easy to focus on her and neutralize her, and that's why sometimes like this frustration came when things didn't work out because there were no other solutions in the way Chivas played. So I think that that it's worked out for the for the best. I mean, for Maria and for and for our players. And I mean, if you see the numbers, like Licha's delivering, I think Licha already has more assistances than Maria this season, and more goals of course 
and then you have like talent like like Isabella and Jocelyn and like I mean I don't know why anyone would be missing Maria I mean I think that she was like a really great player to watch and I was really happy to have her on the team but now I've been kind of like reflecting upon like was she really like the best fit for Chivas like as good as she was yeah I mean I feel like there wasn't necessarily that that fit like that Chivas wasn't able to provide like the best fit for her and and neither could she for Chivas but I mean we'll see how this works out but yeah I mean I'm confident that this team has even better tools to deal with an Atlas or with an America or even with Tigres. I mean, we, we're seeing teams time and time again, like put up really strong fights against Tigres. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. But right now I feel like there's, there's a really good base. I mean, do I think that Chivas are going to be champions? No, I think that there's still things we need to work on and players we need to sign to, to get there. But I mean, considering all these, like really pessimistic expectations everybody had and I think that they're they're delivering and I think that they're still like even though it's different and Chore said it like I told everyone we are going to change the system like this system is going to be different we're going to play different now and you're going to need to adapt and even though despite the changes and and the and the departures I, I really like the to see these Chivas like this season, like it's still enjoyable matches and it's not like a kind of boring football that they're displaying. Yeah, that's um that's something I was worried about. I figured our our, our style of play would slow down and maybe be more less attractive. But um I I I've thought all the Chivas games have been entertaining so far this season. Even um even the loss we took against Pachuca, like it was it was a good game. It's just unfortunately we lost, but it's still a good game. Yeah, I mean, and like the loss came down to to like a moment of genius from Monica Campo and like a rookie moment from Celeste. Right. In a way, I mean, there wasn't like something that that was like Chivas got completely washed out by by Pachuca. So, I mean, overall, I really liked like the team this season, and like if we had kept the players that left, like we probably wouldn't even have seen Isabella this season. That's true. Like she, she might be getting like minutes here and there, and I think that's also one of the great virtues that that Chore has shown. Like because we are seeing that with Ailina Viles, like she's delivering fantastic results, and she's still getting like 13 minutes per game because the coach thinks that she's not ready because she's so young, and like that Chore had like the the maturity or, or the humility to say, okay, this 16 year old kid is delivering. She deserves the start, and I'm going to give it to her. And I think that also like shows what kind of coach Chore is. Like he's really taking like the best player available, and letting them do their thing. So I think that speaks well about him, and also about the future because we also saw like Chivas uh, posting on social media about like the U15 team that it's going to be playing now, and that means that they're really like as a club investing on the women's side and, and making sure there's like a youth base. And I think that we're getting like good players out of the, out of the youth squads. And that's also kind of like the, the way moving forward. Uh, I was kind of like thinking also about that this morning, like maybe we are going to see a switch this summer from maybe the influence of it that, that Diguera had and that Pelais had like um, of making like big splashy signings. Yeah. And I think that we might move into like this model that 
kind of I feel like it's Leaño who has been pushing that, like to relying on the youth teams to provide players. And I think that's also happening for the women's team. I think that it's an interesting shift for the club as whole, and it's it's also like like the women's team is also falling in line with that instead of being like its own thing that it's run separately. So, I mean, we, we'll see, but I mean, I think that a lot of things are clicking for Chivas right now. And I mean, it's great that, that we've been able to produce a talent like of the caliber of Isabella and also that we are giving her the chances and the tools she needs to, to like to keep developing and to keep succeeding. Yeah, definitely. I think investing in the youth is definitely a philosophy that I think the institution as a whole should um, pick up and develop. Uh, I know we we stepped over it a little, but um, you know, during the FIFA break, there was also the U twenty national national team training camp where Chivas had five players called up: um, Celeste Espino, Isabella Gutierrez, Annette Vasquez, Carlos Bernal, and Kimberly Guzman. All got called up to the training camp and. So that's five more national team caliber players on Chivas's roster, and they're all getting minutes under Shorty. Yeah, and like Chivas, like there's a 1,000 mandatory U20 minutes that each team has to to deliver, and I think that it's this is one of the seasons in which they have done them like the fastest. Yeah, they were able to fulfill that in just seven games, which is like pretty impressive. I mean, they're not the fastest team to do it, but they're definitely up there and. They're good players, like you see, like King Guzman, who's showing like really interesting things. Carol Bernal, who might still be like adapting, but she has like potential. And then, like Annette, who has like a ton of of experience with the national team already. I mean, she already has a World Cup final there under her belt. And Celeste, who was also like a really welcome surprise in the goalkeeping spot, which is always like a it's always like a complicated position, right? Where where things can go really bad really fast and, and she proved that she's that she's ready for more minutes so yeah I mean I think that overall like the base that this team has with young players and, and like even with the veterans too I think that this is a really really solid thing to build upon so like I said also like this morning the only thing is that front office does mess this up <laughs> but this is Chivas so anything can happen what I mean hopefully Hopefully this this is this kind of feels like a like a rebuild in a way and and I think that that it's kind of like the best case scenario that Chivas could hope for like uh, the players like that were already there they're kind of like stepping up and and like raising their hand to to be taken into consideration and and just like overall I think that the fact that so many are getting called to the national team I mean it kind of like gives this motivation for everyone yeah definitely um melissa you mentioned that celeste spino being a nice surprise um how and now i want to bring up how do you think blanca looked against leon and how long do you think before maybe celeste spino can take not i guess take the spot from her because i thought black i know it's her first game back from COVID, but she did look a little shaky at, at times and in the back of my head, I was thinking, well, Celeste maybe probably would have held on to that ball. Or, you know, Celeste might have played that differently. Yeah, I think that, that Blanca is starting to feel like <laughs> when they say los pasos en el techo. Yeah. Like, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've I mentioned this before, too. I mean, 
the fundamental difference is that Celeste is a goalkeeper that has like all these very technical qualities, like a very traditional process. Like she looks the way you, you expect a goalkeeper to do, like in terms of technique. And I feel like Blanca still has like these facets to her game that she really needs to polish. And that's why I will advocate for this until the day I die. We need Tere Campos to coach them. <laughs> Because I feel like she's the kind of coach that can bring like that technical aspect to Blanca that she needs. Because like just like on athleticism alone, like she has these fantastic qualities, but she also needs like some help like to polish and bring them over to the next level. And and I think that it's going to be a good thing. I mean, you always need some competition, and maybe this will like kind of shake Blanca a little bit and like have her realize that her position is not as secure as she maybe thought it was. I mean, I know that some people wanted to see Blanca start against Leon, but I mean, I, I was glad that she got to start because you also kind of want them both to be at a good playing rhythm. And I think that Blanca needed to, to get that rhythm back because, I mean, I feel like goalkeeper is also like the position when you feel like you might have too many players there, but then it can go to hell really fast and you might end up <laughs> with the third goalkeeper really soon. Yeah. And that's where Blanca comes from. I mean, she started as a third goalkeeper, and so I think that if they they are able to rotate both of both of them so that both can can stay in shape and and be available whenever they are needed, I think that that's only going to make Chivas that much stronger. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good problem to have. You know, that way inter- internal competition is is crucial if your if your team is going to be successful, and you know Blanca knowing. Any mistake can cost you the position, and Celeste Espino is, is there, ready to ready to step up. But I, I am glad Blanca came back and and got her position, just because it's not it's not like she lost, like she did anything to lose it. It, it was just unfortunate that she caught COVID, and you know, it's extreme circumstances. I always think that if a player is going to get benched, it, it should be because they they did something to deserve to get benched. And in this case, Blanca, it was just unfortunate, and you know, it's the new world we live in where. You can catch COVID and you have to be out for X amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I think that that we still need to to give it time and and like also Celeste is really young and I think that pressuring her too much too fast can also be like a really bad thing to do. So yeah, I mean, it's just great that that we know that that she's there and and just like keep on developing her process. And I think that's something that we have been seeing. Like I, I don't think that any of our youth players has gotten like rushed to perform too soon or, or to got in too much pressure. So I think that's also a good thing that Chivas is doing there. Yeah, they're doing a good job of managing how they de- develop, not rushing them. And to wrap up the Chivas and Leon conversation, I just wanted to talk about, you know, give Montoya her roses because she had a very good underrated game. And I think at one point I even tweeted out um, Montoya, you know, she, she hadn't had a goal or an assist, but it was still a really good game she was having. And then as soon as I sent out the tweet, she gets her assist off a set piece. But um, it's still great to see. You know, we talked about Montoya maybe playing pressure-free this season because, you know, there was nobody really else to take her spot on the wing. Maria left, uh, Norma left. And it's just good to see that she she's still creating plays for her teammates. She's taking shots at goal. She's drawn penalties this season. So this is also like Montoya's breakout season. Yeah, I mean, I think that she's taking it to to, to that next level, and and I keep coming back to 
to that to maturity like also there's like a sense of maturity and I don't need to be the flashy player that shows up in all of the team's highlights you know and I think that she's accepted that that she's not always going to be the one finishing or the one with the assist and I think that also kind of brings a whole set of of new things for her to explore and, and to do as on the on the field and I think that also defensively she's improved a lot she's supporting a lot more in that regard and like you said she's also like landing all these these BKs for Chivas and and I think that it's it's great to see because she has so much potential and also I think that being surrounded by players with the with the correct characteristics of her teammates is also going to help her develop like her positioning like she she can learn so much from Licha and like even from Isabella and even from Caro. So I think that that feedback that they are creating among themselves is going to to push each of them like to a whole different level. And, and I think that it's great that they're going to, to be able to learn from each other and complement each other and just like keep on pushing. So yeah, I mean, I think that Montoya deserves a lot of praise for this season and, and for this match. And she always had that like that potential she was maybe not as consistent but I think that she's finding like that she's getting there like where, where she's like delivering the same consistency week in and week out yeah and if if you remember Melissa she was also one of the players that was kind of rumored to want out of Chivas and then even at one point she deleted the Chivas feminine player part of her I think Instagram and Twitter bio so we were kind of worried she was going to leave but now you know looking back like it's really good that she didn't leave. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why she maybe felt like leaving, like she wasn't getting the starts. And like maybe she felt like she wasn't being prioritized. But I don't think that she was ready to because I do remember that she got a couple of starts and wasn't able to deliver. So I think that, that it's good that she decided to stay and kind of like take that challenge. And it's paying off like for her and for Chivas. Like I think that and she kind of is past that now and that she's established herself as a starter. Then that's someone who is like a reliable solution for Chivas. So, and, and like she's also now quite able to play on either side. Like sometimes you see her on the right wing, sometimes you see her on the left. Then just having that versatility, I think that that is going to be really great because she's also kind of graduated out of the U20. Like she's no longer eligible there. So she's going to be fighting for a spot on the senior national team. I mean, Monica Vergara obviously has her eyes on her because she has called her to the U20 before. But she's now in a position where she has to double up the work if she wants to, to keep getting those call-ups. Yeah, definitely. It'll be, um, I don't know, it's fun tracking her progress. And as someone who thought she was missing like something and now seeing her play the way she's playing, it's, um, it's really nice to see. So now we have Chivas versus Tijuana in our next game. It's going to be Monday night at, I think, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yep, and it's at Estadio Caliente. Tijuana currently in the 11th place with 9 points. I was looking at their, like, previous um, matchups just to see, like, just to get a feel of what they've done this season so far. And a 1-0 loss to Atlas kind of stands out just because... We know what Atlas, how how well Atlas has been playing. Um, a five three win against San Luis. That game was nuts. <laughs> was, it, was that not 
Is that a deceiving scoreline? No, I mean, that game was like, I think that it was no Amy defense. who tweeted, like, no defense, just vibe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that game was, I mean, that actually was angry because I thought, man, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd be watching that live. <laughs> and I'm stuck watching it on YouTube. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is that they're, they haven't been performing as well as they could. I mean, they lost some key pieces like Jocelyn Oregel and, of course, they lost Carla Rossi, who had been building such great momentum with them. But they always have, like, that potential. It's kind of a bit like León. You don't know what you're going to get. Like, if you get René Cuellar in, in, a, in a really inspired place, then you're going to be in trouble because she's she's an amazing player. And, I mean, this is kind of like the one of the few, quote-unquote, easier matchups that Chivas have left. So yeah. they really need to get those points and, and those goal, that goal difference if they can go for it. But, yeah, I mean, the the key is kind of like figuring a way to, to neutralize Rene. And, I mean, I think that, that we have enough to to handle her. I mean, I think Miriam Garcia just keeps like improving her form. Jacqueline Rodriguez is also doing fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of like a doable game for Chivas. But also like this unpredictability of of this season kind of keeps you keeps you guessing. So they they kind of they don't need to get like too confident that it's going to be an easy an easy game for them. And and Chore also mentioned that in the press conference. He said we keep we need to keep playing as if as if we were in last place. Like we haven't won anything. We need to approach each match like with the same intensity, regardless of who the rival is. So so I'm sure that they're going to keep bringing that energy to this game. Uh, yeah, I I think they'll be okay. Um, especially we have Caro Jaramillo coming back, so she she's probably gonna be plugged into the midfield. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what what kind of game plan Shorty puts out, especially with Caro's return and how she fits into his uh, starting eleven. Now that other players are actually clicking and playing really well with the team. Yeah, I mean, I think that it it's also going to be better for Caro because she wasn't entirely comfortable. Mm-hmm. in the position she was being put in and just like Isabella delivering so well there I mean there's no question that that Caro will need to fit in somewhere else and I'm sure that either like in the mid or maybe even on the right wing are going to be positions that that suit her even better so it's going I think it's a win-win for for both her Isabella and the team yeah now that I think about it she has played on the on the wing on the right wing before so Maybe we could see an Annette Vasquez benching next game if if Shorty thinks it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, like you said, good good problems to have now. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, just like the, the versatility that these players have. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would prefer to see her like on the right wing and then if you need to make a sub on the mid, then just like push Caro back and bring Annette in. I mean, there are options, so that's, like, the the good part. And, like, maybe if we get Yashira back, then that also adds another option and attack, too. Yeah, I think it's going to be important to get Yashira into rhythm, and I'm really interested to see how Shorty's going to manage that because, obviously, she's not going to start over over Licha, but if anything does happen, you know, knock on wood to Licha, you know, we need to have Yashira ready to go and ready to score goals with the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I also want to see them how they would work together I mean I think oh, cool Yashira is, is kind of been unlucky in the sense that she hasn't gotten like that kind of setup from Chivas that, that could help her like show her full range 
and maybe right now we we do have like the tools to do that. I think that she's a, a great player, and I think that she can still bring a lot to Chivas. Yeah, you mentioned that. I could actually see Licha. We keep talking about the right wing. You could plug in Licha at the right wing and have Yashira play down the middle um, early in the season. I forget what game it was, but we got like five minutes of Licha on the wing, and she was just like super explosive on that side. So, like we've been saying all episode, good problems to have, and right now Chivas Femenil is clicking. Everything is clicking for them right now. Yeah, I mean, Licha is like also like really fast. I mean, you could see on that goal against Leon. Like the Leon defender was like running as hard as she could and Licha was like breathing by like no effort at all at all. So I think that's also that also speaks well of the of the work the physical trainer is doing with them. So yeah, I mean it's just like overall I think it's great and I'm also seeing people on my timeline regret saying Chivas was going to be the disappointment of the season. <laughs> so that's also really beautiful to see. I'm really enjoying that. So yeah, I mean, just keep on watching and and seeing what what they can keep doing because like the second half of the season is going to be tougher. But I think that they put themselves in a position where where they can kind of face it like with a bit more calm and a bit more like better ideas on, on what they can do. For sure. And that game once again, Chivas versus Tijuana Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 5 p.m. Pacific, and if you live anywhere else, you have to do the math because I can't. <laughs> um, so we'll be back next week talking Chivas Tijuana and anything else Chivas related. We are out.